Let's talk about business, being an entrepreneur, and the green economy, something we all strive for and working within it. But there is a challenge for many small businesses when it comes to governance and environmental reporting. A new Business Development Corporation, BDC, study finds almost every large company requires environment and social guidance from their suppliers. And small businesses are unable at times to meet these ESG requirements. And because of that, many are losing the chance to win some of those big contracts. Yeah, no ESG, don't have it. Well, means no contracts with the big buyers. And that can be a problem. It can be a challenge and one that needs to be addressed. Well, our guest is Andre Pellegrin. He is the CEO of Language Marketplace and Nations Translation Group. Andre, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bruce, for having me on your program. For the uninitiated, let's talk about what ESG means for the average person so we understand that and how it plays into the role of a small business. Thank you. So ESG, I mean, talk about environmental and social governance. This is basically working toward a better future for our uh, generations, for our communities, and for our economy. And it starts from uh, reducing emissions, from uh, using best practices on to reducing, uh, again, uh, uh, like emissions, but also working with uh, empowering communities and making sure that everyone gets uh, an equity uh, uh, and share of the business uh, ESG became more than just a social responsibility like any other responsibilities that we have. It is today a corporate responsibility for uh, companies and corporations, including governments. Corporate responsibility, or is it a requirement? Well, it, beca- becoming a responsibility, it becomes a requirement. And uh, myself, when I took over uh, this role at Nations Translation Group, and while we were you know, uh, retransforming the company, uh, we were actually already doing some of that uh, ESG work, but it wasn't really structured. Today, I can say ESG is a strategic uh, component of businesses becoming a vendor of corporations and government agencies. Andre, just so many of us understand the challenge here, let's use a hypothetical situation. Uh, tell me about the type of company that may be facing some of these challenges and uh, who they would be dealing with as they try to come through with ESG reporting? Well, it, 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 it can be uh, any company in any industry at any size can be impacted by ESG. But mostly if I'm looking at the component of uh, business uh, deals, so vendor-supplier relationship, certainly here the vendor is mostly in, in, in a challenge because uh, uh, it, it limits today and it becomes more a limitation for business opportunities when you're not complying to ESG. And if I want to take it from the supplier uh, uh, point of view, uh, again, going back to the point where we said this is a corporate responsibilities and based on the company structure and expansion, and again, talking about equality and uh, equity and dealing with governments and the commitment toward the federal government, for example, in Canada, this is again becomes a strict, a, a, a strict a restrictive requirement for them, and which makes them very limited to actually they're doing business with federal government, federal governments, if they're not compliant. So, if we go to a request for a proposal uh, or uh, a tender process, 
I guess you need to have your ducks in alignment and to be able to actually prove this, right? A hundred percent. And it doesn't just have to be like, oh, yeah, we do have practices that are in line with the ESU program. It has to be structured. It has to be a policy. And also uh, companies like Nations Translation uh, 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 Group that we are already indigenous owned, 100 indigenous owned company. It makes us really also check that box of diversity of vendorship and so on. So it is highly recommendable for to start for any business. It's a must today. And if you are of a minority like indigenous owned or different, this even gives you an edge on, on the other when it comes to, for example, like in your example, bidding or uh, an RFP process. So if I understand right, if you are a socially responsible company, it's not just uh, something that plays into doing the right thing and being seen to do the right thing for your brand but it gives you a competitive advantage at times. That's totally right. Uh, it adds to that as well, if I can add, not just this. Your customers are happy if they know they're dealing with a, a, a responsible company toward its uh, society and to the environment. As well, you get more respect by your uh, staff members because they actually believe in the company they're working for. They can see the uh, the commitment uh, it's doing to its society because they are part of our society and our community. And it makes a lot of difference on your image in the market and tell your employees. Is this just a Canadian thing or do we see this in other countries around the world? To my knowledge, in the U.S., this is becoming very big and it's following the same trends as we have in the U.S. I am not that familiar in, the, in, in Europe if it's under the same uh, label or a different label, but I'm pretty sure Today, environment and society governance are, are essential to, um, you know, if you're part of the G7 com- uh, countries or, or the G8 as well. Well, very interesting take, and it really shows uh, how things are aligning with uh, not just uh, saying uh, you're doing the right thing, but being able to prove that you're doing the right thing and seeing not just benefits for people, but actually for business. I appreciate your time, and thanks so much for sharing uh, your insights with us. Thank you, Bruce. My pleasure.